0: The the challenge there is: I read something one month and like, wow, I see the results. And after that, next month I forget about it. The usual reason of people is life got in the way. (laughs) I wasn't able to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's an excuse, right? Life got. How important is this? So if you realize something, you try to do it, but life got in the way. What stopped you? From doing it, so that's a that's a hard look at yourself. What made what stopped you? What what what? Why did you say that life got in the way? Because if it was truly important for you, you would find time for that.
1: That was Ando Goseko, and I had a very interesting discussion with her that made me think a lot. Hi, I'm Day, and you're listening to the Daily Book Club, the Audio Experiment. Hi, everyone. Today, I've invited Anda Goseko, and I've, I think I've met her during one of my client engagements and was actually lucky enough to have shared the stage with her. Uh, am, am I right if I met you through a client engagement? I'm not I'm not really sure. I
0: think so. Yeah, yeah. We did something together before. Would
1: you like to introduce yourself before we introduce the book that we will be discussing today?
0: All right. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Anda, or some people call me Coach Anda. So I've been an executive coach and a team coach for, for the past 12 years. Helping leaders, I enable them to build their dream teams. So oh. if you think about um, a leader, and um, there are always uh, gaps or areas that um, can make the team better. And I, I am the one who helps the team work on that. So not just with the team, team itself, but also with the leaders themselves also. Because a leader really helps also build that team.
1: Cool. So it's interesting because today's book, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the author is also a world-renowned coach.
0: Yes, Marshall Goldsmith. Yes, I actually am certified with this program, Marshall Goldsmith Stakeholder Centered Coaching. And he's considered as one one of the top coaches in the world. So I wanted to learn his his process. And then in the process of learning his process, I also bought this book as well.
1: Interesting. The, the book that we're talking about, right? Is What yeah, Got You okay.
0: Here, Won't Get You There.
1: Yes. So yeah, today we're going to be talking about What Got You Here, Won't Get You There. And it's a very intriguing title. And uh, do you want to give a quick summary about it?
0: Yeah. If you look at the, if you think about the title, What Got You Here, Won't Get You There. It made you think about uh, what made me successful before or what was working for me before may not be working for me today. So it's really looking at um, what do I need to change or what do I need to see that I'm not seeing that will make me a better person? Because ultimately, as we work towards where we are now and where we want to be in the next five to 10 years, we have to look at it in terms of um, the environment, how it's changing, evolving, how we're changing as well. And so we constantly need to check with ourselves and the way to do that is, Getting information also from the environment around us, from our teams, from the people we work with, um, the people, even even outside work as well. You can also get that kind of feedback to be able to see what areas you need to work on as a person or as a leader.
1: Yeah, just, just really curious when you said, I mean, the title of the book is What Got You Here Won't Get You There. A lot of famous people have, have been saying this. Marshall Goldsmith was the one who actually coined this?
0: I maybe I think so. Well, his his book became very popular. What got you here? What got you there? It's a bestseller. It might, it might really be coming from him.
1: Mm, okay, I was just curious about it. That's why I just wanted to ask. Anyway, so do you have any favorite learning so far from this book?
0: Well, for me, it's all about um, it was interesting. He talked about sometimes how you focus too much on the goal, right? And mm-hmm. and you want to be successful all the time. And I think success is great, but sometimes it can blind you on the things you need to also work on now. So, it, mm-hmm. um, so I think there always has to be a balance of, this is where I want to go. And um, when you're focusing on where you want to go, sometimes you just focus on, oh, I'm going to get there, but not realizing that there are things that you need to work on with yourself to help you get, to that level or to that area where you want to go. So um, a lot of it really focuses on you know, humility. Uh, when mm-hmm. I of course with him, he focused on um, humility, uh, discipline, to be able to, to really look at yourself. And, and it's, it's really hard also to take a look at ourselves and to look at the behaviors that we need to work on to get better. So I think uh, the key word that he always brings up is, how can I get better as a mm-hmm. person? Every
1: single day. Yeah, actually, I I was also going to talk about that because one thing that really hit me when I when I read the book and when you recommended this to me is that they say that people often succeed despite their flaws. But a lot of them believe that they did because of those flaws, right? right? Because they're so successful, they often confuse it that the flaw is their advantage, rather than a disadvantage. So that actually made me think a lot that I, I also, and I'm sure a lot of people that I talk to fall into the trap and say that, oh, um, this flaw that I have right now of, let's say, overworking or me being, I don't know, mean, I couldn't think of anything else, mm-hmm. is actually what got me to succeed. But when you really think about it, that might be the one hindering you to be more successful. So yeah, that's that's something that I...
0: Exactly. And I, I want to add that um, we also can rationalize that in our mind. Mm. It's very dangerous also to go that path because you're not able to see the totality of things. Because yes, there may be things that you did that made you successful, but that's not the whole picture. Mm. So you always have to look at the whole picture on the other things, on the other side. It's like also having a business. You know, You can't also look at the good side, but you have to really look at the areas that are not working. And I, for me, the areas that are working are, can also be our blind spots. And these are the areas that we do really need to focus on. But sometimes we just, you know, set aside, uh, we don't pay too much attention to it, but we, we really have to, because that's, like you said, that's gonna get us to a different level or that's gonna get us to our goals or where we wanna be. But um, if we just ignore that uh, and just focus on one aspect only, that's not the truth. So you need Mm. to be able to see the whole picture, to be able to see what is really going on and what can you do about it.
1: Yes. So having said that, who do you think this is most useful for?
0: I think it can be used for anyone, uh, really. I mean, for me, I use it a lot in executive coaching where I I work with a lot of leaders who are are focused on their goals and want to be successful. Sometimes I, I I work with leaders who can be very into themselves or kind of egoistical mm. or or are very proud of their success, which I think is great. But always you need a balance. And um and 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 sometimes they're wondering why can't I get to another level or I think I've hit mm. the ceiling already. And where they're able to just start realizing that um, what got them here may not get them there, that changes everything completely. And they start thinking about. What are the new things I I need to try, or I need to see, or how can I be more open to um, the feedback around me to help me become better? Uh, Like I said, it's not just used for leaders, but I see it also as, you know, even outside work as well, as an individual, um, if you're a parent, a daughter, a son, or, you know, the life outside work, because also ultimately we look at, you know, it's integrated, whoever we are at work, uh, we are also the person we are at home, and if we're able to make those changes together, um, and it's usually the same themes, it'll help us become a better person. Therefore, if we're able to do that, we're more um, we're more focused, we're grounded, we're able to make better decisions because mm-hmm. we're able to also and build better relationships because we're able to see those areas that we need to work on. So, you know, um, in this in this uh, in this topic of uh, change, mm-hmm. in this topic of growth, or or really uh, focusing on getting better, you, not, you should not only focus on that um, as a leader, as a person who's working for an organization, but also as a person outside work as well, because you're one and the same person. I actually
1: was thinking about one thing that uh, I think Marshall Goldsmith said about personality and behavior, yeah. and said that you should be able to separate behavior from personality. Uh, did I get that right?
0: yeah uh well it's um, uh the behavior part which he mm-hmm. talks about a lot and and really marshall goldsmith as an executive coach coach focuses on behavior change behavior is like how you respond to things mm-hmm. right because you know we're born with a personality also we're born with our strengths mm-hmm. and so that is already inherent in us but then there are certain things that we experience along the way from our childhood to to uh, where we are now and how, uh, how we've processed the environment around us, how we filter things. And so sometimes that triggers certain behaviors. And so that's what we need to watch out for, whether those behaviors are helping others or mm-hmm. in the way of, of getting the outcome that we want.
1: Mm. So correct me if I'm wrong, uh, when you say separating behavior and personality, because I experience this a lot where leaders usually say that oh, I'm a serious person. This is not my personality. I don't want to, let's say, praise people because uh, I want to be known as serious. This is where the separation comes in, right? So even if you're a serious person, you have to be able to change your yeah. behavior to be able to maybe say thank you or even say good job to, mm-hmm. to someone, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I want to be an example of, of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have a, there were some I was coaching, and um, he was a very serious person. But as a leader, um, you know, like a lot of people were not really engaged with him. And there was a lot of uh, misalignments happening. And they weren't really getting the work done. And when, when I talked to him, he said, you know, my personality is I'm serious. And I'm, I don't want to really. He was just staying in this room most of the time. Or he'd have meetings and he'd just tell the people what to do and just go back to his room. So I said, okay, uh, I don't want to, I always tell people, I don't want to change your basic personality or who you are as a person. Let's keep that. But there are certain things we need to adjust. So it's funny because he was asking me questions like, do I have to be really friendly with them or do I have mm-hmm. to like chat and all that? It's like, no, you know, you don't have to do something that's really extremely not you, but you do have to make an effort as you listen to the people around you and what they need because you're a leader. So adjusting to that a little bit and, um, mm-hmm. Uh, not uh, not being super um, outspoken or super friendly because that is not you. But just making an effort to have conversations, to coach them, mm-hmm. to listen more during meetings, that's an adjustment already.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
0: going to create um, a different result. Yeah,
1: regardless of your personality right?
0: regardless of your personality. So it's interesting you brought it up because I do mm-hmm. get that. Like I don't want you to change me. And yeah. people sometimes get scared of coaching, like, are you here to change me? You know, if yeah. it's if it's company initiated, but I'm not there to change them. Mm-hmm. I'm there, I'm there to actually enhance their personality or bring out, um, you know, like I was saying, this this person's more serious or more analytical, but there can be some adjustments made to that. So just enhancing that and putting a balance to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And that's that's really what coaching is all about, right?
0: It is, yeah. It mm-hmm. is. So um, because a lot of times that because you're surrounded by so much information happening and so many challenges around you, you're not able to just center on that and and really focus on uh, what's really going on, what's really important, how is this affecting me, and not realizing that these micro things that you're doing every day is really um, changing the course of of your life or where you want to take it or the person that you want to be. So you have to be able to sift through all that, sift through all the filters and just understand yourself, your triggers and how you're responding to the the, the people around you And, and always connected to where you are and where you want to go.
1: Thank you for clearing out that misconception. Speaking
0: about misconceptions
1: or things that people might not understand the same way that they would understand it before. So I'll just give, i put it into context. I think this book was written, I'm not
0: sure, about early 2000s. Maybe. Would you, would you know? Uh, well, I got it uh, just a few years back, maybe about, um, yeah, six years ago. Mm-hmm.
1: Six years, I guess, right now is a long time. I mean, imagine the pandemic happened and within a few years, things have changed drastically. Right. And things, yeah. uh, people might see things differently because um, the environment's different. So what do you think that might be outdated or maybe something that you might want to improve on or try to, uh, if there's a misconception, try to clear that out? Given the circumstances today,
0: mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, like, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of change going on, uh-huh. and 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 when I talk about change, usually to my clients, it's a lot about unlearning, relearning, and um, a, a lot of adjustments and being resilient to the to the world around you. And so, although although Marshall talks a lot about you know um, being open to behavior change and looking at the feedback from the people around you. I think what's, uh, what's very important also is to um, focus on that part about yourself. Like what makes you resistant to change? Like mm-hmm. what, what is, uh, what's what's causing that? What are your fears? What's the, um, uh, or even thinking about what value would it give me if I, if I change? What would make this compelling enough? and um and if i if i don't change what is the result of all of this so really thinking about um how change can affect you and preparing for the change some of the changes that you're about to make as you hear this this feedback around you so we um because the world we live in now is more complex than than it was many many years ago so dealing with the complexities about um not just with yourself even but Really, on what's happening around me? What is the environment that I live in right now? What are the things that I need to unlearn and relearn, mm-hmm. and um, and how how do I get better um, at this? So it's uh, it's it's really um, taking into context really where you are today and the complex environment around you and another thing though um if you're also looking at let's say the local setting
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so the there's of Philippines. The Philippines there's an international study but there's a local setting when you think about feedback also when people give you feedback um in our culture it's it's very hard to receive feedback it's like you want things pleasant all the time right mm-hmm. so you have to take into consideration also the resistance sometimes to feedback because Sometimes you want to just um, answer back or you want to defend yourself. You're very defensive because you want maybe things to look okay or you feel like it's attack against you you look bad, you know, mm-hmm. when, when that happens. And we just want things to be pleasant all the time. And so um, when I when I actually did his program here in the Philippines mm-hmm. to, to, to Filipinos or Philippine organizations, I adjusted it also. Because I learned feedback from um, Marshall Goldsmith's program, but here it's about being more sensitive and creating that setup where where the people giving feedback trust you. So it's it's a kind of conversation you're having and telling the people that what value will it give you, um, helping them see that you can trust me. It's not going to be something that... Um, we're going to uh, use against you. So there's a lot of building trust. I feel more here in the Philippine uh-huh. setting because they're afraid of how the feedback can backlash, or how the feedback can just uh, work against them. Uh-huh. So in the sessions I have, it's teaching also the stakeholders how to give that feedback, or also teaching the leaders how to respond to that kind of feedback. Yeah. So I feel like that's something that happens really in the first few months because um, yeah, we're, we're not sometimes used to direct feedback in the kind of culture we have. Yeah, yeah,
1: very interesting because even trust that you mentioned might be different from country to country, right? It can be very relationship-based trust or it can be task-based trust. Uh, for example, in, in my country, Korea, I feel like it's more task-based trust wherein if you do something right, and properly, I trust you versus uh, from what I experience in the Philippines is that, oh, I am in a very good uh, friendly relationship with you, then I trust you. So, yeah, even trust is very different. Yeah,
0: trust. That's, that's, a, that's a very good point, Dave, because um, it's also thinking about where am I, right? What is the culture mm-hmm. of this uh, country or organization? And, and, and adjusting to that and really finding out what will really build trust because I feel like it's a basis really of everything mm-hmm. if you're able to get that right. Hmm.
1: Interesting. So we're talking about dangers right now of just people just reading this book and taking it without the uh, consideration of context. What other dangers that you see when people just read this book or skim through it or maybe just look at bullet points and say, oh, I got this.
0: Mm. Well, uh, two things, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first part is he talks a lot about the ineffective behaviors of leaders, right? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he mentioned 20. So when you look into that, um, the danger is if you're just skimming through it, you're not really internalizing and asking yourself questions. Does this happen to me? When does mm-hmm. this is happened, Have people said this about me? Have mm-hmm. I noticed this? And, and and noticing noticing also when you're starting to feel uncomfortable about a certain item, right? And you're, you're, you are you want to skip it. You don't want to really focus on it. Maybe that's an indication that it's something. Um, so you, in this kind of a book, you really have to spend time noticing yourself, how you're reacting to the things that are said here, because some of them might be difficult and some of them you don't want to admit to yourself mm-hmm. that, that you're that kind of a person. So, so that's my tip also in reading this book. You have to be able to not just skim through it but especially the 20 ineffective behaviors. behavior to so think about um, how is this, uh, how, 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 how is this reflecting in my own life? How is this showing up? And if you want to go even go deeper, maybe you can even ask people to uh, if this, if this is showing up in their relation, your relationship with them, that's a harder path to mm-hmm. take. But if you really want to know the truth, yes. if you really want to get better, then you'll have to do that. And then so another one also is the last part where it talks about um, what are the things you really need, need to do. Now, with all this information that you learn from the book, what do you need to do moving forward? Mm-hmm. So it's easy in, in, in reading books. And I think it's books are wonderful. I have many books as well. Mm-hmm. The, the challenge there is I read something one month and I'm like, wow, I see the results. And after that next month, I forget about it. The usual reason of people is life got in the way. <laughs> so I wasn't able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an excuse, right? Life, got. how important is this? So if you realize something, you tried to do it, but life got in the way, what stopped you from doing it? So that's an, that's a hard look at yourself. What made, what stopped you? What, 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 why did you say that life got in the way? Because if it was truly important for you, you would find time for that. So I would um, in the second part, I would say that um you can't like that's why I say you can't skim through the book. You really have to come up with your own structure. Mm-hmm. You have to come up with your own plan. Like if I really want this to happen, how do I um kind of like uh, how do I uh, monitor myself or how do I check on check in with myself to see if I'm having progress in the next three months, in the next six months, in the next maybe two years? Mm-hmm. So because you know that to build a habit, that takes time. So there has to be, um, from reading a book, you always have to have, what are, my, what are my key takeaways? What are the maybe three action steps that I need to take mm-hmm. to make the changes happen? And how do I measure that in uh, three, six, 12 months, um, maybe over a year also, just to see that it's really happening and it's integrated to the the areas that I want to work on?
1: Well, uh, that actually got me thinking deeply. Oh. <laughs> uh because w- when you said that you know life got in the way or work got in the way i just realized i mean personally that it becomes a catch-all phrase for or an excuse yeah, It's easy that, to say yeah an that's excuse. easy to say but mm-hmm. deeper down i mean work's always going to be there life's always going to be there as long as you're breathing right yeah. so what is it really that
0: stopped you huh. yeah that's a good question and really uh... <laughs> And sometimes maybe you don't wanna know. You don't wanna face yeah. that. You don't wanna. It's a hard truth about yourself, uh-huh. and and you don't wanna know the answer. So you're just saying, oh well, life got in the way. Life of it. got in the way. You know, I'm not yeah. gonna. I can't do it. But really, if it is really, really important for you, why didn't you do it? Was there something uncomfortable in the process that made you stop? Yeah. Well, so that, that's that's the important part. You have to deal with a, un, un, a being uncomfortable because when you're uncomfortable, there lies growth. And, and, and so if you stop yourself at the uncomfortable part, then um, and you won't be able to find out what is it about me that I needed to know that's going to take me to another level.
1: Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because I also remembered something that I, I learned during my time in the military. They were bashing how self-care is seen now in the world. Right? When you look at um, the internet or social media. Self-care is seen as something that you're pampering yourself and all that. But this stuck to me and I remembered it because of what you said. Self-care is really about dealing with the hard truths <laughs> that's in front of you <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. rather
1: than trying to avoid it and you know pampering yourself. Or I mean, it's good, but once you find yourself trying to avoid or distract yourself with maybe quote-unquote life's pleasures... You're not really caring for yourself anymore. You're just distracting or avoiding. Mm. So the big
0: question day is really asking yourself why. Yeah. And sit with it. If <laughs> you're uncomfortable and you don't wanna know don't to know the answer to why, and you just maybe start looking at Facebook, read do yeah. other things, and that's a distraction. So you have to just sit with it. Why? Why why did it get why did life what I why did I allow mm-hmm. life get in the way when I realized how important it is. Well, these things I'm learning from this book or from this talk, or why, why, what am I running away from, or what is that? What is? It? Why is this an excuse? What am I afraid of?
1: <laughs> I feel attacked. So right that's, that's <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no, but this is good because this is actionable. And and you mentioned it's not just about reading a book and you know trying to finish like a, a number of books in one go and saying that you've read the book, but what's important is the follow through and
0: taking action. -hmm. I'm going to add something, Dale. Sure, sure. Go ahead. Because um, as we try to change, right, you read the book, you come Mm -hmm. up with a structure, you try Mm -hmm. to change. And then sometimes we tell ourselves, why didn't it happen? Why did it do the way I wanted to? So sometimes the reason could be um, you're really frustrated with yourself. I tried to do it. And why is it getting harder? Why is it? So, you know, you also have to have that uh, make adjustments. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have a plan and you think that this is the perfect plan, but the plan, didn't work out as well. So maybe there's some something about the plan that you need to question. There's something about the action step that you need to adjust. There's something about the action step that maybe doesn't work for you. Hmm. So those are the things that you need to see to be able to adjust.
1: Hmm. I will take note of that.
0: Yeah, because sometimes people say, why? And then if it didn't work, then okay, I'll do away with the plan because it didn't work. So that's an excuse also. Yeah, or blaming,
1: but, right? You're just blaming. Yeah.
0: Yeah, easy to blame the environment. But really, it's it goes back to you. And that's the hardest thing to do when you point the finger back to you.
1: I think I'll go into a lot of reflecting after this. Oh, okay. <laughs> but before reflecting, I was <laughs> going to say, since we're here already uh, talking about actionables, for this book, what do you think are the actionables that people can, I mean, we've mentioned some, but what are the actionables that people can do so that they could get uh, I guess the benefits from this book.
0: Yeah, well, the first step, I think, he starts off with us uh, twenty ineffective behaviors of leaders. Uh-huh. Um, that's something you do get need to get to look at and to see whether those air those uh those behaviors show up in your life, and um and thinking about really uh cost benefit analysis whether huh. these behaviors that I see and maybe. Let's say out of the 20, you have 10. So that's overwhelming. So maybe you can just pick the top three behaviors or maybe top two behaviors that really um, affect and impact your life and just focus on that because you don't want it to also be too overwhelming for you. Yes. So which one would it create the most impact? And asking yourself, uh, what value will it do for me if I change these behaviors? So I suggest writing that down because there will be days you don't want to do those behaviors anymore. Like I said, life will get in the way and you will use Mm -hmm. that reason. So you have to look at your notes again and see, Oh, these were the, this is the value of that. Because if I don't do that, then in the next year or two or five years, I would have been a different person. I would have transformed and I don't want that to be that kind of a person, or I don't want that to be my life either. So you have to be able to take a helicopter perspective and see What value will it give me if I change? But what would it cost? What would be the cost to me if I didn't? So understanding that as you go through the list of 20. And like I said, focusing only on key behaviors, like one, two, or three at the most. But me, my um, favorite number also is one or two only. So you you get really mastery on that.
1: Uh And
0: um, another one also uh, from the book is is being able to get feedback from others and Uh When feedback, I like the way he's, he phrased feedback that you just have to say thank you with feedback, um, no judgment, and then really see it as a way of getting better than, than an attack to you, right? And he talked about what sometimes feedback can make you feel, and that's when things start to get um, more difficult for you and you resist it. So maybe asking yourself as you're hearing the feedback, but how can this make me a better person? And then at the end, you know, he may even really generally thank the person because if not for that person, you wouldn't have seen maybe these things that you needed to work on as a leader. Again, it's about being uncomfortable. Maybe when they're giving you if you feel comfortable so you want to avoid it, then you start fighting that person. So (laughs) instead of doing that, think about, wait a minute, if I focus on this, what value will it give me in the next few years? So, um, and I think it's very important also to listen. So he talks about listening. So listening to uh, fully um, paying full attention to what people are saying and thinking about the facts about the situation, right? And how um, how accurate it is. And then also listening to yourself. I think um, he didn't really talk about listening to yourself, but I would put that under listening also. Listening to what's going on inside you, what you're feeling about it, what's, what we, what you're even thinking, and, and so how you're responding to it and just being aware of that. So I think that's important. And, you know, the last one I want to say is the following up. He stresses a lot on making follow-ups and checking in with yourself or checking in with the people that have given you feedback um, to, to show them that the changes are happening. So let's say, but then let's say if you're not using the, the feedback process and you're just using, you know, you just looked at the 20 ineffective behaviors, mm-hmm. you have to do a check-in with yourself. There has to be like a um, a following up process where you follow up with yourself every, um, could be like every, every week at the end of the week, it could be as often as that, like on a Sunday, check in with yourself. How did I do this week? Um, then you measure that on a, like I said, uh, bite-sized pieces on a one month. How did I do this month? Um, and then you, you further stretch it. How did I do for the last three months? Or how did I do for the last six months or the last year even. Um, the reason also why I realized why people are resistant to behavior change or any change in particular, it sounds so overwhelming. So you always have to break it into bite-sized pieces that makes it easier for you, right? So easier for you to just um, chew on. That's why bite-sized pieces. And to um, still be compelled to do the action steps.
1: Yeah, I actually like what you said, you know, bite-sized pieces so that people would take action. And I guess this is the reason why I like the three things that you've mentioned, Uh, not including the 20, because 20 is overwhelming. The feedback, listening and follow up is, uh, I really like it a lot because it's something that you can do even without reading the book. And it might even get people interested after doing that to actually read the book. And that's what we're trying to do with, uh, I guess, podcasts like this, wherein we get people to read more and see the benefits of reading which also reminds me i mean after reading this book there's also one actionable that i told myself that i'm gonna be doing marshall goldsmith mentioned something about at the top it's about helping others shine and it hit me because i i was i mean i am a leader and was a follower before and still am with other things and realized that when most of the people or me when i was a new leader I always wanted to take all the credit. And it's a normal, natural human behavior that, you know, we want, uh, I guess, attention or even the achievements goes to us. But one thing that I wrote down was every day, was I able to make people feel successful or claim success? Because I think that's something that is very important, not just today, but even before, right? Am I the one that should be getting all the credit? Or can I actually, you know, give the credit to others where credit is
0: due? Yeah, I think that's that's great. And that's a great realization right there. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to add also that uh Marshall Goldsmith also has this line that he asks himself um every day. And the question is, did I get better at? Mm. Did I get better at this? Did I get better at that? And when you ask that question, did I get better at? It's really about how, how, how much have you tried? How hard have you tried to make this happen? And again, that's another hard truth. Mm-hmm, Was it 100% mm-hmm. today or you just did maybe 50% of it? If it's 50%, then you won't, don't, you won't get the results that you're looking for.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's also actually a very good actionable that you can do. I mean, everybody can do even without reading the book.
0: Did I try my best? To get mm, better at blank. Did I try my best together at empowering people?
1: Mm. Did
0: I try my best together to get better at uh, listening more? And so the word, did I try, uh, to, not not just did I try to get better at, sorry, if I said, did I get better at earlier? I meant, did I try my best?
1: Mm, did I try uh, my best?
0: Really okay. just um, look into yourself and and see whether, did I really try my best? Did I really give 100% mm. today? The and then, then Isaac, like I said, that's another hard truth. You realize, mm-hmm. oh, I just did fifty percent, and then again yeah. ask yourself, why did I just do fifty percent? What happened there? So it's a reflection, actually, of that why did this happen or what happened there, where the the real change happens. It's in the reflection that that makes you see mm-hmm. what was really in the way, and so and to help you find solutions to be able to address that. Huh. I think we don't We don't ask ourselves enough. That kind of a question where where you get stuck with something and it doesn't move forward or you didn't try your best to get better at. You need to ask yourself why and what do I need to do differently tomorrow to get better? So spend more time asking yourself those questions.
1: I'm just really curious because I, I'm looking at that question right now and then trying to answer it myself. And I know that even if I study human behavior and all these things, I still am susceptible to being biased with myself. So I don't know, coming from you, would it be good also asking other people to ask me that question?
0: Yes, yes, you can also do that. You can get actually an accountability partner Mm -hmm. and then maybe you can have even like a list of things that you want to get better at. Mm -hmm then, if someone asks you that question, that can also help. Just a
1: question, because I also know that sometimes accountability partners may be, uh, I don't know if I'm being negative about it, or maybe I've just experienced a lot of this before, accountability partners may also put you down. So my question here is, what are the key characteristics that you would like to look for when you're finding an accountability partner? Well, um, you know? I mean, I'm just, yeah, I'm just um, curious.
0: Yeah, yeah. I have that. So, someone you can trust, mm-hmm. someone who's not afraid to just tell you if, hey, you know, you're avoiding something, or being really upfront and frank with you. And sometimes, um, when you get a friend as an accountability partner, the hard thing about that there is some the friend is some inve- invested, um, relationship with you, and so. Mm-hmm. It can be too nice sometimes instead of being harsh. Mm-hmm. Not, not harsh, I mean more direct, I mean. So it's important to get someone who can be very objective with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone you can trust, someone who is very objective, who can just say things direct. Um, not just the good things that are working, but especially the things that are not working at all. And just um, tell you also straight, straight at your, straight at your face also because so you can also see things or see the see the truths about what's really happening. Because what your 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 goal in getting an accountability partner is someone who can just um well accountable right be accountable with you and to really help you get the best out of the situation. So when you get the best out of something, it's not just the positives, but it's also the areas for growth that you do need to see and focus on.
1: Mm. yeah it gets me thinking that maybe the accountability partners that i had before or i guess accountability partners that i had before was just for the sake of having a accountability partner but i didn't take into consideration uh that at the same time which got me thinking right now is that i myself maybe wasn't ready i say mm-hmm. that i needed one but deep inside, I didn't prepare myself for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's also preparing yourself, having that mindset, just being ready for that. And, you know, with your accountability partner, you have to talk about you can't just like you can't just he or she can not just jump in and just say, okay. game we're accountability partners you have to talk about the engagement you have to talk about the outcomes that you're looking for it's a it's a it's a partnership it's like a contract so you have to talk about expectations you have to talk about what you're looking for you have to talk about um uh what you need right yeah so that's important alignment
1: yeah it's it's crazy because it's not just in Uh, work or companies or organization that this is actually applicable and it's applicable to any kind of human relationship that you have yes is is there any other thing that you would like to share
0: well i'll go back to the title Hmm. what got you here won't get you there so (laughs) yes as our world is changing very fast you know faster even with the pandemic and then now there's a war and all that so you know like um environment is changing around us and so where we have to adapt to that we have to change as well we have to mm-hmm. um, be able to see the line of where we were and where we're going because um a lot of time because i work a lot with a lot of leaders who are you know new in their roles mm-hmm. or um, want to scale up or a lot of newness a lot of change in complexity mm-hmm. or want or working towards the, a new role of being a um, the next ceo and all that but if you, if you look into that also, there's a lot of change going on. And mm-hmm. and, and with all those, all those themes I was just sharing with you, people, um, the challenge with leaders is they don't see the line, that mm-hmm. this was where I was before, but now I'm entering into new territory. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to apply everything that was working for them, but not everything will work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and sometimes um, tomorrow is different from yesterday. Or yeah right or, or tomorrow is different from today or tomorrow is different from next month and so it's it changes that fast and it's the awareness the awareness of where you are today and who you are as a person and is that really helping the situation is that helping um who you need to be or what you need to do so you have to constantly ask yourself that question or life will get in the way again. And, <laughs> And um, it's just, that's our theme. Looks like that's our theme for today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, life will get in the way, and the thing is, when that happens, you're not aware anymore of uh, of that that change is happening really fast. So it's that line. You have to be able to see that invisible line and make it visible to you. That where you were before mm-hmm. is different. For yesterday, even like, let's say let's use yesterday, where yeah. you were yesterday is different from where you are today.
1: Yeah, true, and and. It, it it's very interesting because that actually makes you see things differently too, because exactly. of all that you've mentioned. Like you said, uh, the pandemic, the quote unquote war that's happening, and you know, countless other things. Everything seems like it's a threat. But uh, which reminds me, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm butchering this uh, quote that I'm quoting from Marshall Goldsmith. He said something about. Uh, people who believe that they can succeed see opportunities where others see threats or something like that. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a matter of perspective. So yeah. if you have the right perspective, you're able to open your eyes to see more things. It's like, you know, in your house or, you know, sometimes the furniture, you see them, but you don't see them anymore, even mm. if they're there. Right. So it helps you just be hyper aware of what's really going on around you. And then you're able to see both sides. You're able to see opportunities, but you're also able to see the negative things, the threats. And so um, it's also um, looking at yourself and how you deal with stuff like that, because you might be just avoiding. Again, what are you avoiding? And uh, maybe that behavior also doesn't make you see the bigger picture. So if you see something, like you feel this weird feeling inside you or the things that we're talking about right now stir something in you, then it's an opportunity for you to see something, to get better, to have a better life, to make better decisions. So if it's a opportunity go grab it instead of avoid it yeah so yeah any last advice
1: or something that you would like people to do
0: yeah for all for me we covered the most important parts of mm-hmm. of the book um uh, and his philosophy is my my philosophy as well when i coach other mm-hmm. people um it's a lot about the world we live in right today has mm-hmm. a lot of complexity and change and so to be able to work with that mm-hmm. we have to learn unlearn and relearn Mm, Yes. And the biggest question you need to ask yourselves now, and that's going to be my takeaway and my last few words for today Uh is what do you need to unlearn?
1: Uh, What do you need
0: to to unlearn? And learning isn't comfortable, but what do you need to unlearn to be able to grow and to be a better person? And when you unlearn these things, how will it help you? What's the benefit to you and what's the cost of staying in not learning and staying with, um, it's the choice, it's a choice of not wanting to be better, right? So when you unlearn, what will it benefit you? The things that you need to unlearn right now, even if it's uncomfortable, how will that help you?
1: <laughs> it just made me think of the the quote, yeah. I think it was Bruce Lee <laughs> yeah. before, saying that if you want to taste the tea, you have to empty your cup, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. it's something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Again, I think That's I'm butchering the all these quotes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. But yeah, empty. Yeah, empty your cup. Empty your cup. Yeah, but to be able to. It's a choice that we don't want to empty our cup. We're afraid of like, what am I going to see at the when my cup is empty, mm-hmm. right? So you just have to have the courage mm-hmm. to slowly face that and make that reveal itself to you.
1: All right. Wow! Thank you, thank you so much for for all those thought-provoking questions and you know the actionable steps. I'm uh, for sure I'm gonna be doing some of them right after this. But um, just so people know, is there any way that they could actually contact you or follow you? Yeah.
0: Well, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm very active there. I make posts every day. So my LinkedIn name is Anda Goseko. Hmm. So A N D A and Goseko G O S e-c-o and you can also look at my website www.coachanda.com and i also have um, an email address where you can reach out to me and that is and ask me questions if there are some thought-provoking things that you learned today and you'd like to reflect on it and you just bounce off some stuff to me you can send me an email at coachandahoseco at gmail.com And um, I also have a Spotify podcast where I interview leaders around the world and coaches. And the title of that is Leading Great Workplaces. You can also find that on Spotify. That's it. All right. So
1: thank you so much for joining me today. It's a fun discussion day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you also to the listeners. You just listened to the Daily Book Club, The Audio Experiment.